0: Hello, and welcome to episode 11 of Women of the Wild. My name is Ashley Winchester, and I'm your host. Before we dive into this episode, I just want to remind you all that in an effort to keep this podcast ad-free, I need your help. Please head on over to womenofthewild.com forward slash support, that's women, W-O-M-X-N of the wild.com, to learn more about supporting the Women of the Wild podcast This episode's guest is Kelly Halpin, and she is someone that I've personally looked up to for a long time. She's badass and independent and thrives in technical mountain terrain, totally alone. Kelly has speed records in Wyoming, Montana, Utah, and California, all on rough technical mountain terrain. Most recently, though, she was the first woman to complete the Wind River High route, solo and unsupported. Please welcome Kelly Halpin. Kelly, let's talk adventure. (laughs) Okay. Um, My favorite thing in the world. Yay! (laughs) Mine too. Um, Yeah, perfect. So first, like, can you tell my listeners a little bit about yourself and like where you're from, what you do, that kind of a thing?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, My name is Kelly Halpin. I am from Jackson Hole, Wyoming. I work as a freelance illustrator and I'm a professional mountain runner um, with La Sportiva and Osprey. Awesome. And um, my favorite thing to do is to go for very, very long, usually solo adventures in the wilderness.
0: (laughs) (laughs) A girl after my own heart. I love it. Um, (laughs) So, you're an artist. That's like your full time job. Mm -hmm. That's super cool. I've seen some of your art on your Instagram. Some of the stuff that you do is like pretty heavy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, Which is
1: funny because like, like I'm a really lighthearted person. But... I know,
0: like you're so bubbly and happy and then like some of the things that, some of your art is kind of like a little bit dark and yeah, it's super cool that you do that and that actually you know, supports you. That's kind of a hard business to be in, right?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky enough to have enough clients um, that I can support myself. Uh, I've been a freelance illustrator pretty much since college. I went to film school and then I kind of transitioned, I wanted to, I actually started doing illustration while I was still in film school, but I started doing storyboards because it was a nice transition between film and illustration. And uh, yeah, now I do like, I work as an editorial illustrator and I love doing children's books and, you know, any, I mean, any illustrations for editorial stuff like magazines, newspapers, whatever, you know, storytelling illustrations. And then I do my own work, um, like personal work as well. yeah. It's really, really fun. I love it.
0: Yeah. It sounds, it sounds really cool. It's nice to have that creative outlet.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love it. It's a really nice balance with, uh, with running and stuff. Cause it's like, I can spend like the morning in the studio drawing and then like by like, you know, noon or like one in the afternoon, I'm like, okay, I got to get outside now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I know the feeling cause I write and mm-hmm. there are times where I like, I just like, I can't sit still anymore. So it's like, I've got to get out for a run. Got to do something with myself. So totally get that.
1: Yeah, um,
0: so you spend a lot of time in the mountains. What is your background there? Did you grow up in the mountains?
1: Um, yeah. I mean, I grew up in Jackson Hole, so I always had the Tetons. I mostly, most of my childhood, I spent riding horses and I got into climbing around age six I got really, really into rock climbing. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I've always been a climber. I've been climbing, I guess, 20, like 28 years now or something like that. Um, so climbing is like definitely one of my favorite things to do. I haven't been doing a lot of it this year, um, not just because of running and training, but because of COVID. Um, yeah. So I kind of have fallen off of the climbing, the climbing train this year, which is a bummer. But um, yeah, I think like climbing, you know, really brought me into the mountains. And then I was really into snowboarding so I spent a lot of time snowboarding in the mountains and doing a lot of backcountry snowboarding and then I guess around like college I got into mountaineering like I didn't initially have anyone to to get me into the mountains like as far as like bagging peaks and like getting on technical rock goes um for mountaineering until yeah until college and then um yeah I, I think that's when I just started like really really like i loved bagging peaks i loved like getting up high and like hanging out in the mountains and then um i started competing in snowboarding and i was doing the north face masters and in the middle of my season i blew out my knee and for whatever reason i started dreaming about running and i'd never been a runner before it was like not something i ever did I was like, why would you run? Like just mountain bike or snowboard or whatever. Like it seemed like so like it was so like hard on my body. I just like didn't didn't really get into it. But yeah, after I blew up my knee, I was like, oh my God, like some part of me really wants to run. And then I I, I realized that running was a way to get into the mountains, you know, a way to like explore the mountains and you know, like mountain running. So like half the time you're scrambling, you know. So but um yeah, anyway, so I that's my athletic background. I, guess.
0: <laughs> I love it. It's such an interesting way to get into running because usually when people blow out their knees, they're like, oh, I'm never getting my knee shot. Like, I'm not going to run, but you're the opposite. You're like, my knee hurts. I'm going to start running now.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, it's so much stronger than my right knee now. Like my left knee is like way stronger. Oh, my funny. right knee is the one that's like a little weaker now. Um, it's super funny, but I mean, it took a long time. Like rehabbing an ACL is like takes a lot of patience. Um, I don't know. Have you, have you ever been, had an injury like that?
0: Luckily? No, I have not. Um, yeah, yeah I've, that's something I've actually always been afraid of. Um, <laughs> apparently from what I've read, women have a higher chance of blowing out their ACLs just because of the way <laughs> our hips and legs are shaped. Um, <laughs> and so that's something where, especially recently, I'm kind of like, I I need to do the cross training to, make sure to strengthen everything surrounding that. area. Yeah, it's so
1: that really important. Like yeah. it's great. It's, it's good for so many reasons. And like, you know, making sure, like I do exercises uh, for my ankles too. Cause I roll my ankles a lot, you know, like all of those little things add up and like helps protect your, protect your joints.
0: Oh, for sure. It's so easy for us as runners to just like, just go out and run because that's what we mm-hmm. want to do. And it's easy for us to sort of push aside all of those strength training and um cross training and stuff like that because it's like well we just want to run. Yeah. other yeah, stuff isn't as fun. <laughs> no, it's not quite as fun. <laughs> but it is super important. Yeah, so uh you recently had a huge adventure in the mountains and I I'm not going to like, you know, give away any of the um the details on that. I'm going to let you talk about it. Okay. But, but it's called the Wind River High Route. So, what is what is the Wind River High Route and how did you do it? <laughs> Tell us a little bit about it. Like give us the numbers sure. I guess, first.
1: <laughs> sure. Okay. Um I'll give you a little bit of background of how I heard about it and then I'll give you the stats if that works. Yes. Um great. so a couple years ago my friend Ryan Burke and I um he asked me if I wanted to run the other variation of the wind river high route, which is the Wilson Dixon variation, which is an 80 mile route through the wind Rivers, And we wanted to try to go for a record on it. And we weren't running the whole thing straight through. We were fast packing. Um, We were running with our backpacks, but like, you know, fast packing style. So we were stopping and sleeping at night. And we finished that in 62 hours, you know, with, with sleeping. And at the time we, um, had the record on it. I think I still have the women's record on it, possibly. Um, But anyway, that was like, we were like, wow, this is really cool. And he's like, you know, there's another variation of high route, which is like the real high route, which is the 100 mile version. And it's a lot steeper. um, It's like more off trail. It's like a lot more technical, uh, especially the northern half of the route is a lot more technical. And so I was like, oh man, that sounds so intimidating. Because at the time, like 80 miles, um, which is the Wilson Dixon variation, like, that was like a lot. I was like, Oh man, like a hundred miles. I don't know about that, but it was like kind of always in the back of my mind. And I was like, man, that'd be really cool to like, to do like the Skirka variation of the higher route, which is like the real like high route. (laughs) Um, And anyway, so it was always in the back of my mind. And then I didn't have a chance to, to, to get around to it until this year. I kind of wanted to do it last year, but I had a bunch of other FPTs and things I was uh, trying to work on. And uh, yeah, this year com- comes around, we have COVID, and it's like, don't travel, you know, stay close to home. And I was like, okay, well, this is a really great opportunity to tackle the uh, the Skirka variation of the high route. And let's see, Emma and Sarah got the women's record on it last year. They did it in th- three days and 17 hours or something. I, I don't, I'm not sure if I have the numbers right on that.
0: I think um, that's right
1: yeah something like that they did it the in a similar way that ryan and i did the other variation where they were fast packing and and sleeping at night not sleeping a lot but um but sleeping so they did it you know kind of more backpacker style fast packing style um and totally crushed it and was awesome and i was like oh man like i don't i don't know i don't know if i can go faster than that i really wanted to try to do it by myself um because i've never done anything that big alone um, and I was like, wow, like that would be so cool though. So this year I started going out and scouting with friends, um, doing like the southern part of the route and then the northern part of the route and just like getting to know the route pretty well. There was a section in the middle that I didn't quite get around to and it overlapped the Wilson Dixon route a little bit, but not much. And I, I actually thought it it linked up with it a lot more, but it, it actually is pretty separate the whole way through the range. Um, anyway. So, so I started getting really nervous and I was like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know. It, it's just like so daunting, like, cause it's, it's 65% off trail. Oh yeah. I'll give you the stats now. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, feel free to keep me on track. I kind of like have a have a tendency to go off on tangents.
0: <laughs> no, I, I do too. So <laughs> I, I love it. I, I just like, I like to let people kind of talk because yeah, sometimes sure. interesting things come out. <laughs>
1: yeah, totally. Totally. Um. Okay, so yeah, Wind River High Route, Skirka variation, 100 miles, um, roughly 100 miles, uh, 30,000 feet of vertical gain, 65% off trail, and you're covering like glaciers, you're mostly, you're on a lot of scree fields. So that's why it's it's hard, it's like loose, steep rock. Like, like there's some alpine tundra, which is like runnable, but like a lot of the time you are like scrambling. Um, it's not a technical route even though you can get technical on it if you want to like skirt around some of the screen fields um but yeah it's a lot of like loose rock so it's a grind like the whole thing is just a grind um there's not a lot of room to like actually run on it and there's there's a little bit of trail in the middle but mostly it's trail going up to get on the route and then trail coming off of it so anyway um yeah just a lot of up and down over and over and over again like really steep mountain passes um that's the route. Anyway, I was very intimidated by it. I'm still intimidated by it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's intimidating. It's like, it's like a lot. And then you end by like climbing up this really, really steep, really steep gully up Wind River Peak, which is the last high point on the route at 13 something or other feet. And yeah, you climb out of this massive boulder field, like just up this like super, super, super loose, like apron of rock into this gully. And it's just the biggest pain in the ass ever. Like it is scary. It's loose. You can kind of like, I went slightly off to the left and scrambled on some like fourth, fifth class stuff to kind of like, cause it was, it was actually more solid than trying to be on these loose rocks that are all sliding underneath you. So got psyched, got ready to do it. And, um, yeah, I started the route at two thirty in the morning on the fourth, I think, which was right in time with the full moon. Um, which is cool because the, like, the first morning I started at like 2.30, 2.37 or something in the morning. And the first full night I went through the night, I had like the moonlight and it was really neat. That's awesome. Really yeah. beautiful. It was, yeah. it was, it was cool. Um, and then the second full night I was out, the moon was obscured by rain clouds. And that was really, really dark. And that's when I had to go up Wind River Peak. And I was totally hallucinating by that point. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this is just nuts. <laughs> um, I tried to get a little bit of sleep the first night I was out. So about 25 hours in, like around 3.30 or so in the morning. I, I only brought an emergency blanket with me. I didn't bring sleeping gear. I didn't bring a stove or anything. Um, I, all, I went like, you know, with a really small backpack, like pretty much running style, but with a slightly bigger backpack to carry enough food because I brought like 10,000 calories
0: with me. Sorry, you didn't plan on sleeping then? If you just no. had like an emergency blanket, you didn't plan on sleeping for that whole
1: the whole no, time? No, I was planning on, I knew that at some point I was probably going to have to like stop and try to take a nap, but my plan was to to go as long as I could without sleeping. I've been awake for like 55 hours before. Um, but I didn't know how long this was going to take me. Like, I really wasn't sure because like, it's just off route and it's just such a grind, you know? Um, so so anyway, I was just like, okay, I'm not bringing sleeping stuff. Like I'll bring an emergency blanket and at at least I can stop then if I need to. And yeah, that first night about 25 hours in, I was like, all right, it's like 3.30 in the morning. The sun's going to be coming up around 5.30, 6. If there's a time to stop at all, like it's now, you know, to try to get a nap in. So I lay down on this like alpine tundra, like curled up in my uh, emergency bivy and tried to sleep. I laid in the emergency bivy for two hours, barely slept at all. Like I maybe got 20 minutes of sleep because I was just so cold and my body was so jacked, like all the adrenaline and everything. I was just like, ah, can't sleep. And then I was shaking out of control because it's like freezing. And I was at like almost 12,000 feet. And I was like, this is like, I'm freezing. Like I need to get moving. So anyway, that was my attempt to sleep didn't, yeah. <laughs> unsuccessful.
0: I've totally had a similar experience where I was like, yeah, yeah." or, um, I was actually in the desert and did the same thing. Like the sun's going to come up in a couple of hours. I'm going to try and take a little dirt nap. Oh, um, dirt nap. I love that. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, um, just like lay down and was wide awake and freezing. So cold. So um, cold. Yeah and just like shivering, and I finally was like, I, "I'm just going to get up and keep moving, because it mm-hmm. you know, maybe grabs like maybe a half an hour of restless napping. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I know it's like when you're in that situation and you're cold, but you're super tired, but you're like still so worked up over like all of that movement that you've been doing, mm-hmm. like you can't get your body and mind to slow down to like actually yeah. sleep. And it's yeah. really hard. Uh, really hard. How, what, what was your, how many miles in were you at that point? Do you know?
1: I was close to 50. Like I actually did a pretty good push that first, the first 25 hours. Um, somewhere between 45 and 50, I accidentally paused my watch on top of Downs Peak for like two and a half hours. And so I got like really confused on my mileage. Like I knew where certain points were in the route, but like, I was like, I don't know, like, am I at like 45 miles? Am I at 50 miles? Like, I'm not really sure. And that first part of the route I was really familiar with. And like that middle section that I thought kind of paralleled the other variation of the high route, like really doesn't. And so my route finding like kind of went to hell after that. Like there was like definitely a couple of times when I'm like scrambling through the trees and like going up and down and like you know, I'm trying to follow the GPX, like on my phone, but like, there's no trail and just like down forest. And like, I couldn't see anything. And I was like, oh, this is so annoying. Like I'm losing so much time right now. So like the next day for like a good section of like, yeah, the day I was like, this sucks. <laughs> like, I'm losing so much time right now. Like I just didn't know that part of the route very well or at all. And it was, yeah, I was like, oh. Uh,
0: That's really frustrating when you're yeah. sleep deprived. And those are the moments where you know, you, you're kind of going, what am I doing? Yeah. I sort of want to give up right now, but <laughs> the thing that gets me when you're out that far is like, and it always makes me laugh. Is like, you know, I'm beat down. I'm tired. I feel kind of lost. And it's like, I just want to give up. And then I, you just kind of laugh. Cause you're like, what am I going to do? How do I, yeah, do exactly? Like, I can't, I can't be like rescued. There's no reason right. for me to be like helicoptered out there's, right. you know, like I can't call somebody and be and have them pick me up. So it always kind of ma- makes me laugh at myself when I get in those moments. Cause it's just like, I, you just have to keep pushing. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, it's like, oh yeah. Okay. Let me bail. And that's going to take me 25 miles to bail. Right.
1: It's, yeah. And it's like, well, how about I just put another 25 miles in and see how I feel?
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, totally. What was kind of a high point for you during this route? Like what was the, the best moments that you had?
1: Oh, man, I had so many, like, starting out was just so cool, the full moon, like, I was just, like, so stoked and excited, and, like, I've been anticipating it for so long that, like, it felt really good to just, like, start out and do making good time. I was like, yeah, Um, (laughs) and during the second, second full day, yeah, the second full day, um, I stopped a skinny dip.
0: Oh, nice. (laughs) I was like, whatever. That's don't the best.
1: <laughs> You're like, <laughs> I'm like, oh sweaty, God.
0: I'm hot. I'm just gonna like take a moment and yeah. You have a dip.
1: <laughs> I was like, I was like, ah, I've got time. whatever. Like <laughs> it's worth it. It'll be worth it. And it totally was. Like it was great. I like just like stripped off my like really sweaty clothes. Like I shouldn't say stripped off, I peeled it off of my skin. Right. You know. Like, <laughs> yeah. it peeled my like compression tights off and, like, jumped in this lake and had a little moment, and I was, like, Whoa, like, this is great, and, like, kind of cooled off, and it
0: was, it was nice, it was refreshing, you know? Yeah, it probably um, um, helped re-energize you for mm-hmm. the next however many hours. Um, yeah, totally.
1: I mean, I kept splashing my face with cold water in the streams to, like, stay awake, but the full body, like, Alpine Lake Dip, whew, highly recommend it. The best. <laughs> <recommend> it. Um,
0: <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, I, um, for all of the listeners out there, I'd you know if you get the chance to skinny dip in an alpine lake absolutely take it <laughs> absolutely do it it's so do worth do not it. pass up that lake
1: yeah <laughs> I, I actually i had a really low point at one point where i was feeling my stomach was really upset like in the um near the end of the first day and i came over this huge pass um after the dinwoody uh camping zone and i ran into like two people and they were like are you kelly and i was like whoa who are you and they had like watched my um my video with Ryan on the other wind higher out and they were like we just watched your video before we started on here and like I was like really at, like my stomach was messed up and I was feeling really low until I talked to those guys and they were like so psyched that like it got me all excited and it was like a really cool moment I was like oh my god you're the first people I've seen you know in like I don't even know like 15 hours or something like that. And I was it was really really cool. Like they were just so stoked and happy and they 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 were doing the high route in reverse, like the other way. Um which is actually the normal way to do it, um south to north. And uh they were just so they were just so in love with like the landscape and they were so stoked and it was it was really cool to like spend a few minutes chatting with them and uh totally energize me and that was another another cool high point.
0: Yeah, that's super cool. It's always yeah. nice when you like have those kinds of interactions on the trail or you know, in the backcountry, and you just—it it, is—it's super fun and and energizing when you have other people who are stoked for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, what were some of the low low points for you? Like, what was the hardest part? Um, when
1: I first went up Downs Peak, which is the first high point on the route, my legs actually felt really tired, and I was like six hours in at that point, and I was like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> You're like this is too early to be feeling less tired. <laughs> Why are my legs tired right now? Um, but that was fine; it worked out. Um, and then going over that pass before I ran into the it, ran into those gentlemen was uh, that was kind of a low point because my stomach was like not not happy with me at the time. And then the I had a frustrating moment with some of the route finding in the forest that was really a low point. And I, once I started like like doing, having audible hallucinations, like around hour 36 or so, like, I wouldn't say it was a low point, but my brain was definitely like melting a little bit, (laughs) and yeah, I was like, you know, hearing things, I could hear human voices uh, coming from like the glaciers and rivers and things, and that was, that was actually really cool, it was cool, but it was like, whoa, but scrambling up Wind River Peak was fine, it was frustrating, because it was really loose, and I was like, at hour 50 at that point or something like that and yeah just like I was like oh my god this is like the longest gully in the world it's it just feels like it goes on forever just you're just on like loose rock and just goes on forever it was pitch black the moon was obscured by clouds so I couldn't see anything um and then when I got to the summit of Wind River Peak it started raining and I was like no (laughs) and I was like so cold but um I think Oh, you know what the biggest low point was? Okay, I'm remembering now. When the blisters kicked in, I was only, like, 13 or 12 miles from the finish. And I didn't switch out my socks after winter River Peak when I got um, wet in the rain. And it I should have, but, like, I was on the grind, you know? I mean, you know how it is. Like, you're just like, okay, final stretch, go. But, like, that trail going out from Wind River Peak to Sings Canyon is, like, the longest trail ever. Like, it never ends. It's, like, the longest 17 miles of my entire life. And... Yeah, I got really bad blisters, like oh. so painful that I actually screamed when I took my shoes off to tape them and like four of them burst at the exact same time. So like I couldn't, I could barely walk and I was like, oh my God, what am I gonna do? Like I can barely walk right now. I'm in so much pain. I duct taped them because I could feel them like squishing around like after they burst and i was like, oh, this is, like, this is so like gross. And yeah, and uh, I bit down on a stick and like, yeah, it took like maybe like twenty minutes um, to, for the pain to start subsiding a little bit after I duct taped them, um, and they had like you know burst. You know how like when they initially burst, it stings really bad, and then yeah. it kind of like goes away. So that that period before the pain started subsiding was was definitely like a mega low point.
0: Yeah, that's that's really rough. It's so funny because when you think about it, outside of the situation, it's like they're just little tiny wounds, right? Like, right. I can push through that. That's no big deal. But when you're in that and you have multiple blisters, it, they're just, they scream at you. Yeah, they do. It's oh. so hard to push through that pain.
1: Super. Yeah. They're super annoying. A little, those little detrimental little turds. <laughs>
0: right. But that happened to you in the last, like you said, 17 miles.
1: Yeah. I was pretty much fine until like I came off of the winter peak and it's my own fault. I didn't switch out my socks. I should have like, I had two pairs of socks that I kept swapping as my feet got wet, you know, just back and forth. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just, I should have, I should have changed my socks sooner and I, and I didn't cause I was like trying to grind it out. But um, yeah, just, just at the very end.
0: Not so bad. You know, almost 20 miles with horrible blisters. It's just yeah, like, it's totally fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's totally fine. <laughs> so there's actually this video of you. On, I think it's on your Instagram where you're coming to the finish line and you stop your watch and there's like so many emotions going on, right? Like you're <laughs> laughing, you're crying, you like crumple to the ground. It's a super emotional video. When I saw it, it you know made me kind of happy cry a little bit because I've felt that. Um, <laughs> what what was it like for you to to finish? Like what was going through your head and were you just like so exhausted that you just wanted to like crawl into a hole or <laughs> what's? That? Yeah, totally. All of it.
1: All of it. I mean, like I said, that like that last grind, like coming out into the Sings Canyon is so long and it's really hot. So you drop from like, you know, you're at like 13,000 something feet and you drop all the way into Lander basically. And it's like 90 degrees. I didn't stop to get water at the last like 13 miles. Cause I was like, no, no, I'm going to grind it out. You know, like same thing with the blisters. I was like, So I was like really thirsty and like the trail just never seemed to end. Like it just went on and on. And I was like, where's the end of it? And like, I knew that if I pushed it, I could get it, get the route in under 60 hours. And I was like watching my watch and I was like, my blisters were so bad. I was like, you have to walk. Otherwise you're not going to be able to like move at all. Like you have to walk until like two o'clock hits when two o'clock hits, you're allowed to start running as hard as you can. And so I started running as, as well as I could with the blisters and, it's like the trail just never ended. I was like, it like never ended. I was like, where is the end of this trail? And like, I've done it before, but like, you know, you're so out of it at that point. I was like, am I crazy? Are there more switchbacks? And I thought that there was another like mile maybe. Like I was really starting to lose my mind. I was like, oh my God, it's never going to end. And I was passing people who were hiking up um, from like hiking up Sings Canyon. And um, I was like, okay, okay, there's, there's more and more hikers. That means like we're near the trailhead, right? And then I came around the corner and um, my friend Dave and Jenny and their kids were waiting for me at the sign. And I like, I didn't realize that that was like, I was at the end and I was like, oh my God, it's the end. And like, <laughs> oh, it was such a relief. I was like, oh my God, I can sit. And it didn't, it did, did not feel real. Like the first 20 minutes I was like hanging out by the trailhead. Like they came and they brought me seltzer water and like were hanging out with me. And It was so surreal. I mean, I'm sure you've experienced that too. Like you get to the end and you're like, is this actually the end or am I still out there?
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah i I totally have actually i did this seventy four mile effort through the desert that was completely unsupported and it was the longest that i had ever like most mileage I had ever done and I did the same thing um you know I'm like coming into the the last stretch in at like two a m and in the desert with the headlamp I'm like trying to run through the sand after seventy miles and oh, like no and I'm going, this, I did the same thing. Like, this is never going to end. When is this going to end? And I literally thought that like, you know, I was starting to have visual hallucinations. I don't have auditory hallucinations, Well, I haven't yet, but like visual hallucinations. And I'm just going like, I, I swear I'm running in circles right now. Like oh, I literally started thinking like, I'm in a bad dream and this isn't going to end. Like I'm stuck in a loop. And when I finally got to the end, it was just like, oh my gosh, like, I just, like, how do you, how do you, you there's, it's yeah. so hard to like take it all in and, co- oh my gosh, I just did that. Like, I just yeah. did that whole thing. It's, it, like, it's done. Like yeah. all the anticipation,
1: all of the effort, and suddenly it's just done. And you're like, wait, wait, what just happened? Like, right yeah. it's, it's overwhelming. Absolutely.
0: It is. And it's, I can't imagine like,
1: like going through the desert, like at night when you're that tired and with just your headlamp, like I mean, I totally believe your hallucinations are probably taking over your mind because like with just a headlamp, like shining on things, like
0: whew, oh, that yeah. kind of tunnel
1: vision, like gets real weird.
0: It does. It really yeah. does. When you're tired. I mean, it gets kind of weird, even when you're fresh, um, mm-hmm. you know, but like when you're that tired and you're just like, it, your whole entire world is just a small little like spot of light. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's really weird. Yeah. I was seeing like lions and bears and like huge tarantulas and like mm-hmm. so weird and I like my mind was going I know this none of this is real but I still would like jump sideways you know because I'd suddenly yeah. see this tarantula <coughs> excuse me tarantula on the side of the trail um yeah turned out to be like some weird kind of plant so mm-hmm. yeah I totally totally get that what did you did you celebrate when you were done
1: well, okay. So Gabe and his, uh, his wife, they helped uh, me shuttle my car back to their house because they live in Lander. So that was, that was really nice. And they have these two little girls, uh, Ella and Cora, who are like amazing. And they were so excited and I loved hanging out with them. And I was in like, after the initial shock wore off, I was in like the most euphoric state. I had like, I was in, I was having such a high, like it was I was like, wow, this is amazing. Like everything is just wonderful and euphoric right now. <laughs> yeah, Jenny made me like an awesome dinner and I had dinner with the family and then the girls and I, um, and Jenny too, we watched Frozen two. <laughs> 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 like I, I got in the shower for like an hour and just stood there and like my, let me tell you about Dr. Bronner's peppermint soap and blisters, whew, Ooh. Whew, that bad combo. And I was trying to keep it away from my feet, but like whatever. Yeah, I, I kept thinking I was just going to crash and fall asleep, but, like, I I was, like, riding that, that, like, adrenaline, you know, like, euphoria wave, and, and then the girls were like, let's watch a movie, and I was like, okay, that's a great idea, like, let's watch Frozen 2, and so we watched Frozen 2, and it was so much fun, and I totally thought I was going to fall asleep during the movie, but, like, it was great, I was like, this is the best movie I've ever seen in my life. <laughs>
0: that's awesome you like find your childhood a little bit again oh my god totally
1: i was like all the songs and everything and like the girls were singing and it was just like great i was like this is the best thing ever
0: it's such a great way to celebrate the ends too it's, yeah. like, so innocent and pure it
1: was, yeah it was so awesome oh man yeah i guess i guess that's how i how i celebrated i had uh some friends like make me dinner and stuff too which is which is really really nice um
0: Yeah. Yeah, How, how was the hunger levels after something like that? Like, did you, I was so hungry. I was so hungry. (laughs) Stuff your face for days. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I feel like I'm still stuffing my face. (laughs) Yeah. The recovery after something like that is pretty insane. Like Mm -hmm. it takes a long time to recover and to like, you know, restore, like restock those, you know, glycogen levels and yeah and all of that it's it's real yeah it's intense it's
1: I I kept I was afraid like I was gonna get those like really bad post-race blues um and I kept anticipating it and I don't think they actually hit until like a couple days ago when I got off of uh the river trip that I went on like then I felt like I was like okay
0: like I feel like I'm in it now and I'm just trying to like get out of it so (laughs) yeah that's yeah it's rough so what made you decide to do this totally solo?
1: Um, I I knew that I could do it solo. I didn't know how fast I could do it, but I knew that I could do it solo. There's just a lot of women I know who won't do things by themselves. And, you know, that, that's fine. That's their personal choice. But I know that women can do these things by themselves. So, you know, it felt important to me, not, you know, not just to give it a shot by myself, but like to know for myself that I could do it alone, and it was just like, a, cha- like a, a challenge for myself.
0: I think it's awesome. I mean, I told you that I like to do solo things too, and I'm sure you. Isn't it? It's so empowering. It feels it really so is. Good. Yeah, it really is. And you know, like when you go into something and you're kind of going, "Oof!" You're like this is really going to push me to my limits. Mm-hmm. It scares me, mm-hmm. um, and then you you go into it and you're you complete it. It's like, yeah, like I did that. And I did, I did that bet. solo and mm-hmm. you know, that was all me. I don't, I don't need another person to like help me through this and like help me make decisions or, or anything yeah. like that. It, it is really empowering. Have you ever, I'm sure you have because you're a female in the outdoors um, <laughs> doing solo things, but have you ever had people kind of go, what, where's your partner? Where's, mm-hmm. where's your guy? Where's, <laughs> have you ever had that happen to you?
1: Yeah, there's lots of weird, definitely lots of weird like micro aggressions from uh, uh usually from gentlemen out in the uh in the woods. <laughs> yeah. Like I've had people like I, I had a father and son once, like I passed them on the trail and the father was like, Are you trying to make me look bad in front of my son? I was like, What? super weird like he got into this whole thing with me he's like you you're trying to like make me look bad in front of my son like why are you trying to pass us and I'm like because I'm faster than you like what what what? like you know like weird stuff like that or people just just all the little remarks you know like oh where are you going in such a hurry or like instead of someone just saying oh cool have a good day or something there's like always some snarky little thing like
0: yeah yeah I've even I've gotten things as weird as like, you're too cute to be out here by yourself.
1: Oh my gosh. Like, what does no. that mean? What is, <laughs> what, is, what is That's so weird.
0: Yeah. It's weird comments. And it's so frustrating as a female doing these solo adventures in the outdoors. And it's like, I, I I see it all over the place too. Like I, you know, I'm friends with a lot of women who do outdoorsy things and even women who like pair up and do things together you mm-hmm. know like I have a friend that I do a lot of backpacking with and you know we backpacked the John Muir trail last year and we even got comments like oh is it just just you two girls oh like, my god w- yeah yes. <laughs> yes, it <is. laughs> just yeah it's just us two girls like we're fully capable yeah um, taking care of ourselves in the wild and probably more capable than some of the people who are making these comments.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I have seen some really weird things out on the trail. Uh, Lack of experience and like people putting themselves in really dangerous positions. And you're like, you know, I've had people ask me like, oh, are you okay? Do you need help? And I'm like, no, do you you need help? Because you actually don't look like you know what you're doing right now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, or, or people like won't ask your opinion on things, but if there's a guy near, nearby, they'll ask the guy instead for his advice. And it's like, wait a second. <laughs>
0: that happens to me when I'm guiding, actually. Um, oh. Like if I'm- I've heard that from friends who are guides, yeah. No, yeah. tell me. Yeah, so um, actually, for example, this, this last trip that I guided on Mount Shasta, one of my guests was a male. And you know we're walking in a line. I'm in the front of the line. I'm actually like wearing my guide shirt. It says "guide" on the sleeve. And um, this gentleman walks by and stops and talks to my guest who was walking behind me and asking him about route conditions. And oh. I just kind of stood there and looked at him. And my guest was like, "Well, I mean, she's the guide." And he pointed to me. And the guy kind of looked at me, and was like. Oh. And so I, I gave him some beta and, um, he, he just kind of moved on, but it was like one of those things. It's like, it's so frustrating because people automatically look to the male,
1: mm-hmm. even though
0: it's like, I, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm the one in charge. <laughs> it's like, it's, it is really frustrating. Um, and it happens all the time.
1: All the time. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've been climbing. Mountains in the Tetons, either with other girlfriends or by myself, and if a guy's coming down, he feels obligated to, like, tell us where the route is, what the conditions are, and everything he knows, and we're like, I'm like, this is, like, my 15th time up this peak. I grew up here. Like, (laughs) thank you. I appreciate it, but, like, actually, I've probably been up here a lot more than you have.
0: (laughs) Right. You're like, thanks, bud. Thank you. Thank you for, for that. I mean, and it's like, what do you do? Do you stop and kind of explain to them, like, oh, hey, you know, I have tons of experience on this route, or do you just kind of go, okay, cool, and move on, like. Yeah. I depend. Know? I've definitely done
1: both ways. I'm like, okay, actually, like, you know, I'm I'm very familiar with this, like, you know, I've done, like, you know, guiding classes and wilderness first responder, like, courses and things. Like, actually, I'm pretty, I feel pretty solid out here, but, like, how are you doing? Do you need
0: help? Yeah, right. (laughs) And occasionally I've definitely
1: flipped it and I'm like, do you, do you need help? Like, or I've seen people like, um, gentlemen, um, particularly off route on certain sketchy areas on, um, mountains that I'm familiar with. And I'll, you know, be like, Ooh, maybe, maybe come over here because you're actually kicking rocks down on the people below you. And they'll be like, actually like, like, Oh, like, you know, they don't like me questioning their, you know, they don't, they don't definitely don't want, um, a girl telling them you know, what to do. But I feel like if I had been a guy, it would have been a different reaction, yeah. you know? It would yeah. have been like, ah, okay, that, that guy knows what he's doing. He's familiar with this terrain. I'm going to like respect what he's saying and move off, you know, mm-hmm. as opposed to someone who might be like questioning their, you know, masculinity or they don't want to be masculated out yeah. in the mountains.
0: Yeah, definitely. I've done that too, watching people use their ice axes in the mountains and <laughs> like seeing men who are using it wrong. Like they're not mm-hmm. using their tools appropriately. And you're kind of like, Oh, you know, I don't want to be this person, but Hey, just to let you know, that's not the like safe way to do that. And sometimes like I've gotten some people who are like, Oh gosh, wow. Thank you so much. Like mm-hmm. really appreciate that. Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. And then I've had some who are like, I got this. All right. And you're kind of going, all right, I'll you know, hopefully you don't fall to your death. <laughs> like, I know, right? It's
1: scary because then you're like putting, like you know, your partners are at risk. I have friends who are on search and rescue, and like you might be putting them at risk. Like I don't know, you know, like
0: yeah. Well, and if like, you uh, if you have your first responder, like I just did my wilderness first responder course, and it's like now I'm first on scene for an accident. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there's always that possibility too, and it's like yeah, I just it's yeah, it can be really frustrating. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Anyway, I think it's really awesome that you did that totally solo, unsupported. I I love that you're doing these kinds of things because it's just, you know, paving the way for other women to kind of go, well, she did it. Maybe I can do this. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, hopefully inspiring more women to get out there and, and start doing those those kinds of things. And, you know, like what you did is pretty intense. Like that's huge. That's, a massive undertaking. You did a ton of scouting and stuff beforehand and planning, but, you know, even for some women to, like, get out and start doing, you know, day hikes, it's like, well, she did this whole thing unsupported. It, you know, she didn't sleep. She did it in, like, (laughs) you know, just like a little over two days. Okay, I can go out and do a solo hike for a couple of hours. It's like, Yeah, I'd hope
1: so. i I hope that there'd be some positive positive influence from that. Um, Because, you know, women are just as capable as men, obviously, in the outdoors. You know, you just have to, like, build confidence and, like, understand what you're getting into. And, like, it's a hard thing to, like, to gain when it's so easy for a guy to kind of take over the scene or to fall in behind, you know, someone who might know more. Like, I think it's important to, like, take steps to be like, okay, I'm learning now. What can I do with what I've learned, you know? Mm And obviously to do it safely too. Like if, if you don't, if you're not fully, you know, ready to, you know, to try to solo up something like that might be fifth class, like don't do it, you know, like definitely like be cautious about what you're getting into, but understand that you are just as capable as someone else, as long as you like do the work, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's building skills and, and practicing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think it's kind of scary for, for some people to go into the outdoors without, you know, like it's such a new space for them or, you know, these, these things are so foreign to them. And there are ways to build these skills and, and experience. Mm -hmm. And there's, you know, like there's more and more classes being offered and, you know, Mm -hmm. like you can take mountaineering courses and learn how to use all of the tools and, you know, harnesses and, rope skills and stuff like that like there are ways to to learn that you don't have to have you know that friend that introduces you or you know like that's kind of how i you know got into rock climbing i like waited until i was able to make friends with somebody who could show me what to do instead of you know i kind of wish that i had just taken the initiative To sign up for a class, or you know, or a trip, or something to learn how to do it. No, totally. I hear you. I mean, I
1: dated like the first guy I dated really dated when I like after college. Like, he got me into to trad climbing, kind of. Except, he really just held me back because every time I wanted to lead something, he'd be like, "You can't do that." Like, I heard you can't do that for like three years until we broke up, and then I started hanging out with someone who was like, "Oh, of course you can lead that. Like, go for it." you know,
0: oh, that just
1: Oh, whatever, like, it's cool. Like you can, you can mess up. It's all right. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. I, I can lead this. Oh, you're right. I can lead this. Oh, wow. You know? And it's like, you, you don't really realize when, when someone keeps telling you, you can't do something like, it's hard to like, take that first step, you know, and be like, oh wait, actually I can. And, you know,
0: especially if it's somebody that you like look up to or respect mm-hmm. in a way, and they're going, oh yeah, you, you're not ready for this. Like, yeah, I, it's it just frustrates me so much when people put limitations on others like that and yeah. hold you back when you're mm-hmm. actually trying. You're going, no, I, I want to, like yeah. I want to try this, and it just frustrates me beyond.
1: <laughs> it's <anything> so frustrating, <laughs> and it's the language you use too. It's like, okay, well, maybe you're not ready to leave this five eleven, but why don't we work on this 5.8? You yeah. know, you know, it's it's not like okay. Like just saying like you can't do it is like okay you're right I can't do it but it's like wait a minute you know what like you're interested in learning like you want to take that next step that's cool like let's let's start small and build up you know
0: yeah let's work on this
1: let's work on this you know and <laughs> pretty soon you'll you'll be probably be leading like five twelve. I mean you just gotta like build it up, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah I think that's thing. it's really important to like understand when <laughs> someone is telling me you can't do something you're like okay well yeah maybe you know, like it is the same thing. Like I probably should have just taken like some ropes courses a long time ago. And then I didn't because I I was leaning on on friends to teach me.
0: Yeah. It's easy to do. I think when you have friends who are more experienced and it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, well this, you know, it's free. I get to go out with my friends. It's Mm -hmm. great. But even like, you know, a lot of people don't have those friends who climb and, or, you know, or trail run or mountaineer or whatever it is. So, yeah, they're, you know, like it's, it's nice to see that there's more and more like classes and uh, courses being offered to do yeah. things, um, to get more people into them. For sure. Yeah. So, do you have anything coming up that you're planning on doing that you're willing to share? <laughs>
1: yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So, my friend Fred, um, who's another like, he's like an ultra runner guy who lives, um, the next town over he's a a good like outdoor adventure friend of mine Uh, we're gonna try to do the teton center punch again which is a route we established last year through the tetons um along the hydrographic divide and we're gonna go try to um run it again like we've done it once but we want to do it again yeah that's that's the next biggest thing so we're actually gonna meet tonight and go over the route again and he did some extra scouting this weekend on the, the wigwam section which is the like really fifth class loose rock scary section that we keep having a hard time with like it's really cruxy it's like right in the middle of the route and it's like the biggest pain in the butt ever
0: <laughs> and
1: uh yeah we keep we're trying to find the best way through it so that we could actually be efficient but yeah anyway I'm excited to to work uh on the route a little bit more and uh we're gonna try to give it another go in like a week or two depending on uh, what the weather's doing so
0: nice awesome
1: yeah it's yeah. really fun and I also want people to repeat it because it's a sick route yeah <laughs> it's really cool I mean it's like there's definitely some fifth class climbing on it like some some scrambling but like it's so cool <laughs>
0: I'll have to check it out um do you I mean is it something where you guys like rope up or
1: no it's oh. like low class, glass and you could probably find ways to skirt around some of the stuff too um so um but it, it's like loose rock that's why it's it's not necessarily the climbing itself it's just the fact that it's loose rock that's kind of scary so yeah. it's like really trying to hone in on that that route finding so yeah. cool yeah um, but it's beautiful Cool these Tetons the whole way.
0: Oh, I bet. It sounds so amazing. The Tetons it's like one place that I haven't really spent any time and I keep meaning to. Um Go play. I know. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll,
1: like romp around in the mountains. I'd love to show you around.
0: <laughs> oh, that would be so awesome. So if somebody wants to find you and follow your adventures, where where can people find you?
1: Um, I think the best way to, to follow my adventures would be on my Instagram, which is Kai so K-Y-E. H-A-L-P-I-N. I Um, I occasionally update my website, which is kellyhoppin.com, but (laughs) not as often as I should. (laughs) Um, I'd say those are the the two best ways. Okay. I have a Facebook page, but I don't, I'm really bad at using Facebook. So I wouldn't say that's a good, reliable source.
0: Same here. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Facebook's like falling out of favor. It seems like. It really
1: is.
0: (laughs) All right. Oh, I have one last question for you. What is your superpower? Oh, my superpower.
1: Um let's see how many I can eat a lot of tacos. That's not the one I came up with initially when you asked me but I can <laughs> I eat a lot of
0: tacos. <laughs> that is like the greatest superpower ever. <laughs> Fueled by tacos. <laughs> um I can
1: I can speak with my mouth closed.
0: That like a ventriloquist.
1: <laughs> let me let me get closer to the mic. Oh. <laughs> Make sure nobody's looking. Okay. All right. I'll be um.
0: How are you doing today? Oh my gosh, no way. Can you, you hear it through the microphone? I can't
1: can hear can it through the microphone That is yeah. what in the world.
0: <laughs>
1: I learned to do that in like third grade in a bathtub.
0: <laughs> it's just so like, okay, so my listeners can't see what you're doing obviously but she's she's like closed mouth and your cheeks kind of like puff out a little bit and like literally that was coming through with your mouth completely shut I don't know that is amazing yeah
1: that's one of my one of my weird party tricks that's great
0: Well, um, (laughs) Kelly, thank you so much for, for coming on the show. It was so much fun talking with you. Um, My cheeks kind of hurt from laughing. Oh my God, mine too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just just so appreciate it. You have such a great story. Um, Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh my God. Thank you
1: so much for, for, for bringing me on and having this conversation with me. It's really cool to be able to talk to someone else who loves to do like big adventures outside. It's it's awesome, I feel like. Ooh. Yeah. yeah, my <laughs> cheeks my cheeks are smiling. I really do about the color.